Alright, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Hello. Hi, girls. Hi, everybody. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? Delightful, as always. Wonderful. It's a great day to be alive. It is. We should welcome everybody to tell me something you didn't need to know. Welcome. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We are. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounded enthusiastic. <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking. <laughs> oh, I'm like, well. <laughs> that was enthusiastic. <laughs> well, I'm enthusiastic and I'm Lynn Samuels. Yay. I'm marvelous and I'm Mary Swartz. I'm happy and I'm Hannah Green. <laughs> and you guys used matching words. I'm luscious. And I'm oh, 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 oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what podcast are we on now? <laughs> Tell me something you didn't need to know. Oh, well, then you just did. Thank you. Luscious. Yeah, you didn't need to know that I'm luscious. No, no, we didn't. I love it. I, so if you're a lush, you're luscious, right? That's what I meant. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. All right. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> Thank you all for choosing to spend part of your day with us. If you're still here, it means you're willing to stick around with us. You're as crazy as we are. Or you're just desperately in need of entertainment. Or you're lonely, looking for a date. They're looking in the wrong spot then. I'm not telling them that. They'll stick around if we don't. Oh, 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 not necessarily. Not necessarily. There is a single lady here. You're single, Lynn? When did that happen? Mommy, Hannah, single over there. If you're looking for a date. All you might right. want to just make up a boyfriend to shut us up. <laughs> I'm or engaged to this guy. You haven't met him yet. You never will. You probably never will. He's very shy and he works a lot. Tell us about him. What's his name? Rob. His name is Rob. Rob. And what's his last name? <laughs> Jingleheimer Smith. <laughs> What does Rob (laughs) Whenever you go out, you always shout. No, sometimes I whisper. (laughs) And what does Rob Jingleheimer Schmidt do for a living, Anna? I tell you, but then he'd have to kill you. (laughs) Ooh. Hmm. Oh my God. I mean, awesome episode, ladies. So why don't you know he's very tall and he uh, he's built. He has a lot of tattoos and um, he's both of his ears pierced. <laughs> <laughs> he might what? have his nipples pierced. Both ears are pierced and maybe his nipples. Anything else a little lower pierced? I'd tell you, but he'd have to kill you. <laughs> All right. Oh, all right, oh, ladies. Got a, got, a, got a word for us, Mary? I do. 
<laughs> impertable. Impertable. Rob seems to be impertable. <laughs> well, Ryan is the abel- ability to be. Pert is happy, and M means not. So not able to be happy. That's my guess. I think he means imaginary. I was over here crying. Now she's made up this man she wished she had. So if, if that fit, if that description fit, you are the man for Hannah. No, please stop. Stop. Hannah does not need anyone. Hannah is happy. Yeah, we tried to find her husband once before. Look where that got us. Please, please don't try to find me someone, really. I'm okay. Impertable ladies. Imaginary. I lied. It's not about Rob. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Because Rob's not imaginary either. Maybe Rob is impertable then. <laughs> unable to be happy or pert. To be bouncy. Unable to be bouncy. So flat. Like concrete. He's stoned. It's stoned. It means stoned. <laughs> No, incapable of being lost. Lost. Wow. All right. Imaginary you can't be lost, so maybe Rob is impertable. Yeah, maybe he is. All right. (sighs) Matutinal. Say that again. Matutinal. Bless you. (laughs) When your mother farts a lot. Okay, sure. We'll go with that. I am going to say... When you dress yourself and you put both legs in one leg hole of your jeans. That's very specific. How did you get that with matutinal? What the hell else do you say when you fall down? <laughs> you say matutinal? Is that what happens? Fred started his day with a matutinal jog in the park. Now, if both your legs are in one leg, that is difficult. <laughs> So I think then it is when you run and you have gas and you can't help it because every step forces it out and you just keep (laughs) as you run. So I'm changing mine slightly, but along the same vein. We just changed material to running parts. Gotcha. (laughs) I ran with someone who had that issue once and it was kind of funny. I just didn't know what to say. I what just what can you say? Really, what do you say? Nothing. You say nothing. You pretend it's not happening and you just keep running with them and you want to be like, are you all and right? you hope that you aren't downwind. They'll slow you down. Okay, what is it? It means occurring in the morning. You can fart in the morning. She could be right. Mm-hmm. It It is Latin. It is the formal word for of or occurring in the morning. Okay. All right. All right. And getting dressed, you do that in the morning, Mary. Yeah, you do. Sometimes. Not always. Mine is puerile. Not to be confused with penile. Well, it could possibly. (laughs) You could say, you could say his penis was puerile. Um, (laughs) It was pierced. It was tattooed. Hmm. Means to be tattooed. Well, it depends. What is the tattoo of? Ooh. Yes, Mary, tell us. What is the tattoo of? On the penis? Yeah, it's yes. a butterfly. Okay, it starts out as a moth, and then when it grows into a butterfly. 
<laughs> I don't think a moth grows into a butterfly. I think it'd start out as a caterpillar. Okay, starts out as a caterpillar, grows into a butterfly. Okay. Um, I, wouldn't, what it means? I, I wouldn't say puerile then. Okay. What is puerile? It mean? Means childishly silly. I've seen some puerile penises. Some silly penises? I might have been married to one at one point. All right. So, yeah, childishly silly. As in, so, you know, like a worm that turns into an anaconda. That wouldn't be childishly silly. No, because you're not laughing anymore. <laughs> not laughing. All right. So you're All right. Saying, if it turned into an anaconda, I would be running away. Yes. All right. Are we ready, ladies? Oh, oh wait. Okay. January 5th, 1999. Okay. Stephen Caulfield writes a note, sticks it in a bottle, throws it into the Carlingford Law in Northern Ireland. Why? He's lonely. Stephen's looking for some companionship. <gasps> what, is, what, what is going on? Johanna, someone's looking for a companionship. I'm going to cry again. All right. Ready? Yep. Sorry. Stephen is thinking that he could possibly meet some mystery woman from a faraway land. What did the note say? It said, my name is Stephen Caulfield, Restivor County Down, Northern Ireland. I'm 22 years old. Please write to me if you're a girl. Thanks. On December 21st of 2021, Stephen's dream came true. Sort of. His bottle had been found on the shore of Dendrum, about 18 miles from where he threw it in the water. <laughs> Jesus. And photos of this letter began circulating through social media. Caulfield himself found out about it while he was picking his son up from school. He overheard the vice principal talking about it. The message in the bottle. His daughter now thinks he's awesome because he's gone viral. <laughs> Stephen is 44. He's married with three children. He reportedly did not meet his wife through any dating app or through bottle drink correspondence. How far did Stephen's bottle travel? Mm, 18, 23 miles max. Perhaps he should have thrown it a little harder. <laughs> wow. I'm confused. So he's married now, but wasn't he when he's married now. He was he young. Wasn't... He was oh. young. This oh. was in 1999. So we're talking 22 years ago. Oh, that he put gotcha. the in the water. And it was found recently. <laughs> yes. In December of 2021. So his wife is like, what are you doing looking for a new wife? No, I think she's pretty, it sounds like she's pretty understanding and they both find it very funny. That's cool. Yeah, he was young. All right. All right. That is pretty funny. I have a little story about a guy also. All right. So my question, have you ever heard about somebody who's busted for having something illegal in their possession, but then they're tell the cops, it's not mine, not mine, right? We All the time. Yeah, that's kind of a typical kind of thing. Not yeah. mine. We hear it all the time. Well, I have a story about a 34-year-old man named Patrick Florence from Clearwater, Florida. Huh? Patrick was the passenger in a car that was pulled over on December 18th at 4 a.m. for driving with no lights on. When the police uh, pulled it over, uh, they uh, grew suspicious and they searched the car with permission from the driver, who was not Patrick, and they found a gun under Patrick's seat. Okay. Then they decided they ended up arresting the driver on other charges and uh, they searched both him and Patrick. 
and they found uh, cocaine and meth. Patrick claimed the drugs were not his. So you might be thinking he's a passenger in a car. Maybe they weren't his. Maybe they were the drivers. And maybe this once he is telling the truth. The only problem with Patrick's story is the drugs were found wrapped around his penis in his underwear. He didn't put them there, though. Nope. No idea how they got there. Not his. The other hole, well, not really a hole, but the other thing that might give the police cause, even had they not been there, was this was actually Patrick's 26th arrest in that county alone. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, obviously, they kind of knew he was going to have them somewhere. Yeah, I feel like at 26, I don't know how big the county is, you know, and how many police are in there, but I feel like, yeah, I actually found a site that had the actual arrest sheet and read it, and then I also found his his actual record that's one of the counties or whatever in Florida that you can pull up someone's arrest record and see all and it was two pages of all him yes if, it's, kind of, if it's his arrest record it usually is well no no, no, no. when you do the search you search under a name because there was another person with the same first and last name but it also has their birth date so there were there were like 30 of them but four of them were from another Patrick so so were they all drug related? Uh, yes, most of them were drugs. Uh, there was some assault. Um, I think he ran a red light once, but then there were drugs added on. Like it was always multiple. It wasn't because they list all the things. It was always yeah. like three or four things on each one. And I was like, yeah. So no matter what he got arrested for, they always seemed to find drugs on him. So at what penis? Point, yeah, I bet you he was hiding around his penis because he thought they wouldn't look there. At, at what point, though, do you put someone in jail and say, you're done, dude, you, yeah. you, you get out and immediately you're committing a crime again? Yeah. Like, at what point? I don't know. This is broken. Yeah. It's just, it's broken. Very, very broken. <clears throat> so, yeah, but yeah, tie it around your penis and then claim it's not yours. I was like, wow. I don't know how it got there. Not mine. Don't know. <clears throat> That is the cops planted it. Oh, I bet I bet they did. Yep. I bet I bet the Florida cops did. They planted it on his penis. Was it wrapped yep. in tin foil? I did not. It did not stay say how it was wrapped. It just said around penis in underwear. Yep. So how about we don't hide our drugs around our penis? Because apparently they do search there. Try not to do that. I was worried. I frequently forget to bring my penis with me. So, (laughs) all righty. All right, ladies, ready? I'm ready. Okay. I don't have a name for this one. I couldn't think of a name for my story. Tall Products Company is a family owned and operated soap manufacturing company in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was founded in 1912 and they sold powder hand soap. So by 1927, the company was facing closure. Not doing well. This isn't great. They're going to close their doors. So Cleo McVicker, who's 21, and and the the, the company is owned by the McVicker family. Okay. Okay. They own, they operate. It's always been family operated. It still is. Cleo McVicker, only 21, was young. He had a lot of energy. Part of his job in 1927 was to sell off the inventory so that they could actually close the plant. This is not good. Plant had fallen upon hard times, but Cleo was determined to save the company. 
He hired his brother, Noah McVicker, to manage the plant and help him save it. <clears throat> so under both McVicker's leadership, the company's prospects improved and things started to look up. Cleo served as the company salesman. He went out on the road. Noah managed the plant and he helped to develop new products. And in 1929, Cleo and his wife Irma welcomed their son Joseph into the world. In 1933, Cleo approached the Kroger company about manufacturing wallpaper cleaner for the grocery store chain, something Qtal had never done before. They'd never manufactured, they always just stuck with hand soap. Okay. Cleo was persuasive, he's charming. And the Kroger officials agree they, they will replace their current cleanser with one manufactured by Cotol products. Cleo agreed to provide Kroger with 15,000 cases of cleaner. And if he failed to do so on time, the company was required to pay Kroger $5,000 in fines, which is about $90,000 today. <clears throat> and this amount of money would have actually bankrupted the, the company and they it would have sent both brothers right down the toilet. Okay. Unfortunately for the McVicker brothers, Qtal products had never manufactured wallpaper cleaner, but that didn't stop the bed. Noah started experimenting with flour, water, salt, boric acid, mineral oil, and he was extremely pleased with his eventual outcome. Come hell or high water, they would make their deadline, and okay. they did. And over the next 20 years, Qtal products primarily manufactured soap and wallpaper cleaner, because remember at that point in time, people were heating their homes with coal, so they wash their walls all the time. The company actually became the largest wallpaper cleaner manufacturer in the world during this period. But unfortunately for the, for the firm, by the 50s and the 60s, wallpaper cleaner was less in demand because during the late 19th and earliest 20th centuries, people used coal furnaces to heat their homes and their businesses. The coal furnaces commonly distributed dust throughout the buildings and required constant cleaning. But by 1950s, electric oil and natural gas furnaces began to replace the coal burning ones. They required less cleaning. It was easier cleaning and wallpaper cleaner started to become a thing of the past. <clears throat> Once again, Qtal products faced closing. Now in 1949, Cleo McVicker died in a plane crash. His widow Irma hired her son Joseph and she hired her son-in-law, Bill Rodenbaugh, to reverse the company's downward spiral. Now, shortly afterwards, Joseph was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer, and he was not expected to live long, but live he did. Joseph survived thanks to a new experimental radiation treatment. Although even after this radiation treatment, his doctors deemed it unsuccessful, and they told him he was still gonna die shortly. Okay. Around this time in 1955, McVicker's sister-in-law, her name is Kay Zufall. She runs a nursery school and she needed some cheap materials to have her, have her children make Christmas decorations. In the process of searching for said cheap decoration materials, she read a magazine that you could use wallpaper cleaner for this task. So knowing that the trouble her brother-in-law's company was in and knowing that they made wallpaper cleaner, she went out and she bought a whole bunch of it to see if it would work for what she wanted. After not only observing that it worked, but that the kids actually had a really good time playing with it, <clears throat> Kay calls up Joe and she says, you need to make your obsolete wallpaper cleaner into a child's toy, which is the stupidest idea Joe had probably ever heard. But Joe goes to the school, he checks out the Christmas ornaments baked by the kids, and he says, you know, that's not such a bad idea. 
you got you might you might be on something here. So to facilitate this, they simply took the detergent out of the wallpaper cleaner. They added an almond scent and they put in some coloring because the cleaner was originally white. So Joe decides to rechristen the compound, which would now be called a toy. And he's calling it Kutal's Rainbow Modeling Compound. Once again, okay, comes again and saves the day, telling him that this is the most horrible name you could ever call anything. So she and her husband, Bob, then they work to find a better name for this. <clears throat> and in the course of all their discussions, Kate comes up with a name. She and her husband both think it's amazing. They suggest it to Joe, and Joe likes it too. So in 1956, Joe McVicker, his uncle Noah McVicker, they create the Rainbow Crafts Company Incorporated. The sole purpose of this company was to manufacture and sell one product. Originally, the product came in one and a half pound boxes, and it was an off-white color. The company also offered red, yellow, and blue product in gallon cans, primary colors because schools were their target area. But due to the large size of the packaging, the Rainbow Crafts Company began selling their product in smaller 11-ounce packages. Katal products continued to manufacture their soaps and their other cleaners, but Rainbow Crafts Company became the sole manufacturer of the newest, not quite the hottest, toy on the market. Now, thanks to some connections to some school board members that they had connected through selling soap to the schools, the company initially sold their new product only to schools through Cincinnati. They tried to market it to stores, but they really had a very limited amount of success doing that. So while it seemed that this new product, new toy had maybe saved the company, without having money for major advertising, the new product was destined for really slow growth, which is, you know, that can be a product killer. Right. At least until Joe McVicker came up with another idea, he managed to talk his way into an audience with a man named Bob Keisham, or the man that we older folks know as Captain Kangaroo. Yep. So Joe shows Bob Keisham the new toy, and he explained to him that their company had no money for a national advertising campaign. They didn't have money to have the product, to pay them to put the product on the show. However, if Bob would agree to play with the toy once a week on Captain Kangaroo, they would give the Captain Kangaroo Production Company, 2% of all the sales generated, as long as he continued to show it. The captain said, yeah, and the newest toy became very quickly a national hit. It even appeared on other children's shows, thanks to the Captain Kangaroo exposure. Captain Kangaroo catapulted it straight into the national spotlight. Their sales skyrocketed, and the production company actually struggled to keep up with the overwhelming demand for this new toy. Furthermore, even though they still sold the wallpaper cleaner for 34 cents a can. They were able to get $1.50 per can of Hutal's rainbow modeling compound, despite the fact that the cans contained the exact same amount of the compound and the two products were virtually identical, except for the fact that the cleaning compound was white and it had a little bit of detergent. By 1964, Rainbow Crafts was shipping more than 1 million cans of Hutal's rainbow modeling compound per year. General Mills purchased the company one year later. And in 1969, General Mills acquired a patent for the product. In 1972, General Mills placed it under the Kenner brand name and Kenner continued to manufacture it until the company was acquired by Hasbro in 1991. So currently Hasbro continues to manufacture and sell one of the hottest 
and most sustaining toys on the market. It is estimated since the product was officially introduced in 1955 that more than 2 billion cans of what was Hutal's rainbow modeling compound have been sold worldwide. Since 1960, dozens of accessories and playsets have also been developed and sold. I have an idea what this is. And based on its popularity and longevity, it should come as no surprise that Play-Doh was yep. inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 1998. And now it comes in more than 50 colors. It took me almost to the end for me to figure <laughs> out that I thought you were talking about Play-Doh. Joseph McVicker died in a plane crash in 1992. Not bad for a man who only had a short time to live 43 years earlier. Wow. It is interesting to think that a product that started off as a popular wallpaper cleaner has become one of the history's most iconic toys. And although we don't know exactly what's inside the dough, here's what we do know. The non-toxic dough is primarily a mixture of water, salt, and flour. It is also free of peanuts and dairy. To celebrate their 50th anniversary, Play-Doh released its own perfume. Oof. Yep, the salty, musky fragrance of Play-Doh now comes as a spray-on, and it is still on the shelves of the stores today. Whether you love it or hate it, the Play-Doh scent has actually been patented and trademarked. If you're really a fan of Play-Doh or you're just incredibly rich and crazy, there's Play-Doh sculpture on sale for $20 million. The famed artist Jeff Koons' massive Play-Doh sculpture, which was inspired by his son, went up for auction in May of 2018 for a mere $20 million. While it looks realistic, the sculpture was actually made with aluminum in authentic Play-Doh colors from 1994. It took Jeff over 20 years to create the sculpture. Catal Products remains in operation today. It remains in Cincinnati, and it continues to manufacture high-quality commercial hand care products in the USA, including hand soaps, hand sanitizers, industrial hand cleaners, and dispensing systems. The company stands for stability, flexibility, and innovation, and I have to agree with that. Wow. That's awesome. Play-Doh. Play-Doh. Play Wallpaper cleaner. Yep. I would not have ever guessed that. Yep. But it's funny because as soon as you say Play-Doh, I can smell it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought before you talked about the colors being added, I thought it was silly putty because you know how silly putty so you did I. Oh, yeah. Paper and it peels the printing on the this is this is gonna be silly putty. And then once the colors came, then I was like, it's not silly putty, but oh play-doh. So yeah, my original silly putty makes sense. My original thought was silly putty. And then after that, when you got to the colors, I was thinking like, like, um, like modeling clay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The cans, um, the cans were the only thing that I was like, all right, modeling clay doesn't come in cans. What comes in cans? Play-Doh. It comes in a little like four ounce cans now. Yeah. Yeah. The little tiny baby cans. They I have some it like by the gallon and a half or the gallon. Yeah. I mean, it was like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, a very it was a really cool. fun story to do. That is a very cool story. I like that story. Good. I liked it because I like that the company, you know, they went all out and they yeah. did what they needed to do. And that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact that they're still a hundred and some years later, they're still family owned and operated. Yeah. I like the fact that they're just, they're like item specific and they just really, it's really cool. I went to their website and checked them out. Very cool. Yay. I love those stories. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first story we've done about the origins of a, of a pop popular product 
that started as something completely different. And yeah. And, and I like it when we can tell those stories. Yeah. It's a feel good thing. Yeah. I love that. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you to everyone who stopped by and lent us their ear, spent some time with us, hopefully laughed with us. There was a lot of laughter today. Learned with a us. Lot. <laughs> today. Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed your time with us. Oh, yeah. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter with those same initials. If you have suggestions, ideas, comments, if you know of a product that has a really awesome backstory or a company with an amazing story that you think this would be really cool, we'd we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to share that with the world. Um, If you've enjoyed your short stop with us, please take the time. It takes about 60 seconds. Leave us a rating and a review. It lets us know how we're doing. It helps other people find us. You can find us everywhere. If you know someplace that we aren't, some streaming platform that you looked for us on and couldn't find us, let us know and we will work to rectify that situation. Anything else, ladies? I don't have anything else. It's been an awesome, awesome episode. This was good. Yeah, I loved it. Well, thank you all for spending some time with us today. We hope that you, the rest of your day is just as amazing. We love you. Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do Is to save every day Till eternity passes away Just to spend them with you If I could make days last forever If words could make wishes come true Save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time Except for the memory of how